Can this Atlanta Braves offense be stopped? And who stepped up down on the farm this week? We'll cover all that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore braves. And any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast, make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you're new. And if you're watching there, do me a big favor, hit that thumbs up button to help support the show. Thanks so much to all my everydayers out there. If you're an everydayer, let me know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter. I want to give a shout out to some of my everydayers from the last episode. Andy Lane, who says listens every day on the way to work. Love to hear that. Zachary Davis, been listening every day for over a year. That's awesome, Zachary. Rich uh, Gunderlock, Cards Are My Hustle. Chris Conley, everydayer in Missouri. Marty Newell, Carter Smith, Sir Marshall, Mark A., and I play for keeps. Let me know that they are everydayers on our last episode. So thank you so much for being part of the everyday gang here on Locked On Braves. This episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Uh, Ibotta gives you cash back, back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Right now, Ibotta has, uh, is offering listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by downloading the free Ibotta app and using code MLB. On today's episode, we'll be covering the sweep of the Miami Marlins from over the weekend and just what an offensive onslaught it was. We'll talk about that and also get you or get you up to date on everything happening down at the minor league level on this Miners Monday episode and then set you up for the Cleveland series. Braves head back to Ohio this time to face the Guardians, who are currently tied with the Twins atop the AL Central. We'll cover all that later in the episode. But let's start with this weekend series at home against the Miami Marlins. The Braves finish off a six-game homestand, a perfect homestand going 6-0. and And let's go back to Friday night. You're coming into this series against the Marlins, who have been red hot in June. And really going back into part of, part of May, one of the hottest teams in all of baseball. They came into this series with a lot of confidence thinking that they were ready to show the Braves that they are for real in this division. Braves have been playing their best baseball all year as well. And I don't want to take anything away from the Marlins. I, I said coming in, I've said for a while now, I think they're a good team. I said Skip Schumacher is my manager of the year at the halfway bar because he has that team believing. But I still think you look at, the difference between the Braves and the Marlins when both are playing their best baseball. Maybe the Marlins didn't give the Braves quite their best shot this weekend, although they did throw Yuri Perez and Sandy Alcantara in this series. But you can clearly see there's a gap still there, and it has a lot to do with the offensive side of things where the Braves really just overmatched the Marlins in this series. And what a statement it was, not just to the Marlins, but to the rest of the NL East as well. Again, even with the Braves already you know, having a sizable lead going into the series, Marlins really had to sweep to make any significant ground. 
Not only did they not do that, they couldn't even pick up a game. So now the Braves moved to nine games up on the Marlins, who were the closest team to the Braves in the NL East. The Braves by far have the biggest division lead in all of baseball. The Rays are the next closest with a five-and-a-half game lead in the AL East over the Baltimore Orioles, which is by far the best division in all of baseball. But the Braves have a nine-game lead, getting close to the All-Star break, over the Miami Marlins. So it has been absolute dominance for the Braves so far, and especially this past weekend, they outscored the Marlins 29-7 to on the weekend. They're now 8-1 against the Marlins this season. Uh, they've, they haven't, they've lost four games since the start of June. They lost four games since the start of June. We're now in July. The Braves haven't done a lot of losing lately. They're not, now on another eight-game win streak as they were just a couple of weekends ago going into that Cincinnati series. And apparently the Braves are playing so well that people are starting to come up with conspiracy theories for how they are cheating which is just ludicrous at this point, especially with Pitchcom and everything out there. Uh, the Braves are just good, and they're hot right now. And look, and uh, I gave a shout-out to, to Peter Pratt over there at Lockdown Marlins. Does a great job over there, really funny on Twitter. Don't take him too seriously on there, uh, trying to, to play with the Braves fans this weekend on Twitter. But, you know, uh, this Marlins team, uh, they're really good. They're going to be really good this year but it's just crazy how good this Braves team is right now and the point I was making with Peter Pratt he said you know they don't hand out trophies in July and he's absolutely right they don't but if they did this Braves team to me the way they're playing right now they're by far I shouldn't say by far but they are pretty easily the best team in all of baseball now will they be playing this way come September, October, into the postseason, I don't know. It's a long way to get there. But right now, we're seeing the best version of the Braves. And that best version of the Braves, I think, is better than any team in baseball. We all know when it comes to the postseason, it comes to October. It's how are you playing then? Who's playing the best? Who's healthiest? This Braves team, at full strength, like it is right now, even without you know Max Fried and Kyle Wright, certainly when those two come back, I still think is the best team in all of baseball. They might not win the championship at the end, but when this team is playing like they are now, they're the best team in baseball. And right now they are uh, best record in baseball. They're playing out of their minds right now. A lot of that has to do with this lineup. We've been talking about it a lot lately, just top to bottom. Uh, I mean, everybody is dangerous in this lineup. You, you have no easy outs in this lineup batting eight for you is an all-star starting shortstop in Orlando Arcia who had a home run, to get the Braves offense started on Sunday. Uh, batting ninth for you is the reigning NL Rookie of the Year who has gotten going. I mean, this is just a, an absurd lineup top to bottom. And we you know, we talked about it from the beginning. And, and even this, this team has had slumps. And look, when the home runs aren't coming, it's going to be hard for them to score. But there's just not many nights right now when the offense isn't hitting home runs. Three more of them on Sunday. And you look at what they did in this series and what they do in a lot of games. They punch you in the mouth right from the beginning, and they put you back on their heels. And sometimes they put the game away right away. I mean, they scored six runs in the first inning on Saturday's game, and that was it. And, yeah, you would have loved for them to add on, but most games when you score six runs, especially with the Braves pitching staff is at full strength, that's going to be a win. I don't care if you just do it in the first inning or if you score – 
two in the first, two in the fifth, two in the seventh, however you want to do it, scoring six runs in a game is going to win you a lot of ball games. And they scored six runs right out of the gate. That game was over from the beginning. Pretty much the same thing on Friday night, five runs in the first inning. I mean, this Braves offense, you know how deadly they are in the first innings. I mean, it's just, it's got to be demoralizing for the opposing team to just be playing from behind, right from the rip with the way that this Braves offense just comes at you and attacks you. 11 home runs and 10 doubles. That's 21 home runs and doubles this weekend. I know Matt Olson had a triple in there as well, but 11 home runs and 10 doubles on the weekend in a three-game series against the Miami Marlins, who you know have a really good pitching staff. Yeah, they had to throw Brian Owing in game one, Sandy Alcantara not having his best year. Yuri Perez was incredible coming into this series. The Braves just, he didn't even get out of the first inning against the Braves. Again, one more time, 11 home runs in 10 doubles. There just aren't many teams who are going to play a three-game series and have double-digit home runs and double-digit doubles. That's just insane. It's incredible. I'm running out of adjectives. Everybody contributing at some level as well is what I love. But got to point out Matt Olson, multiple hits in four straight games now, obviously including all three games over the weekend. Seven of his 10 hits in those four games are for extra base hits. We talk about the average for Matt Olson, which is, it's gone up 25 points in the last 16 games, getting more in the 250 range. I, I would love to see it settle around 260. But even so, I, I would rather see him just get the doubles and the homers then add in those extra singles. And yeah, I'd love to see it, but if it takes away from all the extra base potential that he has, I'd rather just see him get the doubles in the homers, obviously, uh, is kind of your nod-duh statement of the podcast. But I'm fine if he wants to hit 240, 250, 260, if he's going to get 80 extra base hits on the year, which is what he's tracking for once again. But I'd love to see that average settle around 260. I mean, if he slashes 260, 350, 575 with 50 plus home runs and 130 plus RBI, which is what he's pacing right now. That's MVP level type of stuff. Uh, so, I mean, he's having obviously a really good year. I know there's been some ups and downs in there. He's really hot right now and it's great. And he's been thriving since getting moved down to the middle of the order. Probably won't win the MVP this year because if Ronald Acuna Jr. keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to run away with the award. Five hits and two doubles on the weekend, two home runs, three stolen bases, five runs scored. I mean, just another ho-hum series for Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I just wanted to point this out. Really has nothing to do with this series, but it's just one of my favorite things about Acuna this year is the fact of how he's cut down 10% on his strikeout rate. He struck out multiple times in a game six times this year. He's played in every game. He struck out multiple times six times. Only six times this year, and he hasn't done so since June 16th. I just still think it's so incredible how he's cut down on that strikeout rate. He's just one stolen base away from being the first player ever to have 20 home runs, 50 RBI, and 40 stolen bases before the All-Star break. It's just it's a historic season, and I just hope upon hope that he can stay healthy for the rest of the season because I think it's going to be a year in the likes of which we've never seen before. And I haven't gotten to the starting pitching yet, which was really good this weekend. Soroka, six innings, five hits, no walks, three earned, seven strikeouts. Gave up a couple home runs there in that third inning. 
Charlie Morton, five and two-thirds, four hits, one walk, no earned, and five strikeouts. And then Spencer Strider on Sunday, six and two-thirds inning, six hits, one walk, two earned, nine strikeouts. Those three combined to go 18 and a third innings, allowed just 15 hits, only two walks, which I loved, five earned runs, and 21 strikeouts on the weekend. So great job by all of those starters. Gave them some length, which was great, and didn't give the Marlins much hope. You got those early leads, especially in the first two, and for Soroka and Morton just went out there, kept putting up zeros and didn't allow them to come back in the game for Strider. Just came out, went out there long enough, gave up those couple of runs early, but then started putting up zeros, let that offense go to work and come back in that one. And I honestly thought all three could have been better. I think Soroka still has to work on that sinker command. He's still leaving it up and in the middle of the plate too much. And that changeup is kind of all over the place for them. He's really, I thought the four seam and slider were really good for him, but, the sinker and changeup still need some work. And then for Strider, fell behind too many hitters. Too often he was going 2-0 and at bats, but that fastball was just so electric on Sunday, throwing 99 late in the game. Uh, those Marlins hitters just couldn't really touch it. He gave up a couple of weak hits in that inning where he gave up a couple of runs, but otherwise was you know his dominant self. So good to see Strider back. And then bullpen, I wanted to, you know, weren't really many high leverage situations this weekend, but it was a close game on Sunday. And I thought it was really interesting that Snicker went with Heller late in the game to back up A.J. Minter to get out of a jam in the eighth inning. Heller's starting to get a bigger role in the Braves' bullpen. I mean, you could have gone to Yates, who only threw a third of an inning the day before. Anderson and Jimenez both threw an inning before, but so did Heller, and Snicker decided to go with Heller in that eighth inning. So I thought that was really interesting there. We'll see if he continues to get more high-leverage work. But what a weekend it was for the Atlanta Braves, a sweep of the Miami Marlins, the closest team to them in the NL East. They are now nine games back. All right, next we'll turn it to our Miners Monday segment where Owen Murphy continues to shine after his little rough patch. He had another good start this past week. We'll talk about that next. It's officially summer and a new season means new clothes, but your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that Easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing that game you're dying to go to or the fancy dinner you've been craving. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. Braves started three-game series in Cleveland on Monday night starting at 7.10 p.m. Eastern. We'll see if the Braves can keep their win streak going. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. Hope you all are gearing up for a great 4th of July a week. We'll have a normal schedule here, although I will go ahead and let you know. Planning to have a baby at some point this week, so 
probably going to be without me for a couple of days or maybe several days here coming up. But until that happens, planning to have a regular week here on the podcast. All right, let's jump into our Miners Monday segment and start with our top prospects. It's a rough week for a lot of pitchers in the Braves system this week. That included A.J. smith Shaver, who had probably his worst outing. I'm pretty sure it's his worst outing as a professional. Three and a third innings, five hits, four walks, seven runs, six of them earned, two home runs allowed, and three strikeouts. Also was not a great week for Jared Schuster. So, you know, getting back acclimated maybe at the minor league level uh, wasn't quite an easy transition for both of those guys. They both had a rough start. Somebody who did not have a rough start is Owen Murphy. He had a you know a rough go of things there in at the beginning of June, but his last two starts now, he's really turned things back on. This past week, five innings, four hits, one walk. I did hit a batter, but no earned runs and six strikeouts. Uh, so he's starting to turn things around. Braden Shoemake had another good week as well. Six for 14, two doubles, a triple, a homer, two walks to just one strikeout, and he hit for the cycle in a game. He had four hits in a game. When he had that cycle game, hit two hits, the next day as well, but Braden Shoemake with back-to-back good weeks here at the plate. Spencer Swellenbach, five and two-thirds innings, five hits, one walk, one earned, four strikeouts. Starting to see him go deeper into games now, which is great as they ease him back from coming off Tommy John surgery. You look at the season stats now for Spencer Schwellenbach. 13 games started, 2.63 ERA, a 1.15 whip, 234 average against. That's okay. We'd like that to maybe be a little bit better. 41 strikeouts. Would like to see more strikeouts, obviously. 15 walks, but he was also named to be the Braves representative in the Futures game during All-Star Weekend, so that'll be fun to see him there. Darius Vines made his 2023 debut pitching in the GCL. Two innings, one hit, no walks, no earn, two strikeouts. Good to see him working his way back. Hopefully he's fully healthy. He can become another option in the rotation if needed, possibly later in the year, maybe a bullpen piece as well. Ambioris Taveras, six hits this past week, which is great. 22 at bats, five runs, one walk, but 10 strikeouts. Uh, another bad week with the strikeouts there, which had gotten a little bit better. And no stolen bases and one caught stealing. So start, good to see the hits coming. Strikeouts are still obviously a major concern there. Dylan Dodd didn't pitch this last week. Not really sure why. Only five games in Gwinnett. One got rained out, so maybe that's part of it. And guy probably just needs a break at this point. Ignacio Alvarez for Rome, 7 for 18, that led the team in hits this past week. Had a home run, two walks, and two strikeouts. Luis Guanipa, three, only three games this past week, but was 4 for 10, two doubles, three walks, two strikeouts, two stolen bases. That kid just continues to get it done there. Um, obviously, you know, playing in the DCL, but uh, again, he's just really off to a, a great start there. Uh, now, going through each level here, Von Grissom, can, speaking of getting it done, 6 for 16 this past week, two doubles, eight walks, and no strikeouts. Also had two stolen bases on the season now for Von Grissom at, at Gwinnett. Three, 316, 394, 465, 20 doubles, just two home runs, but 20 doubles, getting those extra base hits, 26 walks to 33 strikeouts and 10 stolen bases. We've talked about Von Grissom several times now. If he is trade bait, he is certainly helping the Braves' case because, or or the cause rather, because he has played tremendous at AAA all year. Not sure how the defense is going, but the offense certainly is there. Forrest Wall, he's been great all year as well. Six for 16, a home run, um, six RBI, four walks, and no stolen bases, which is crazy. In a week that Forrest Wall had six hits and four walks, 
didn't steal a bag. Uh, that was a kind of interesting line there. Not typical to see Forrest Wall go a week without stealing a base. And Joe Dunnan, he continues to show some power. Two doubles, a home run, and just four games played. Pitching was rough this week. And by rough, I mean just awful. Starters gave up 28 earned runs in five starts this week. So I talked about Smith Shaver, Jared Schuster. Dylan Dodd didn't pitch this week. Maybe it was a good thing. Uh, but all the Gwinnett starters were just bad this past week. Seth Elledge and Nolan Kingham had solid innings out of the bullpen for Gwinnett. At Mississippi, Luke Waddell, 8 for 19, two home runs, 11 runs batted in, five walks to just two strikeouts and three stolen bases. He's been great at Mississippi this year. I know he had a, a brief period there with Gwinnett, which wasn't quite as good, but not enough really of a sample size. But at Mississippi, he's been tremendous all season long. Cade Bunnell starting to come along as well, 7 for 21, a home run, three walks and just four strikeouts. I've said this before about Bunnell, but he's a guy I saw come to Birmingham last year and just absolutely obliterate baseballs. He's somebody that can draw some walks. He, he's had good on-base percentages in the past, not so much this season, but he already has 10 homers this year. He has a ton of power. It's always just been the strikeouts for him uh, that really concern you, but he kind of fits that mold as – an on-base guy with big power is going to strike out a lot, but if he can cut down the swing and misses, have better uh, approaches at the plate, and again, with that power he has, I don't know what his ceiling is or what his outcome could be, but I was just really impressed with what I saw in him at Birmingham last year with that power. Jesse Franklin, speaking of power, he came on this past week, 7 for 19, four home runs on the week, two walks, six strikeouts, and two stolen bases. Landon Stevens, 7 for 15, Three doubles and two home runs, four walks and three strikeouts. Had a great week as well. But again, not a great week on the pitching side for Mississippi. So tough week for pitchers all around in the Braves farm system. Except for at Rome, where Cedric D. Grand Prix kind of got back on track. Been a rough go for him here lately. But five innings, four hits, one walk, no earned, and nine strikeouts for Rome. And Peyton Williams out of the bullpen. Three innings, three hits, no walks, no earned, and seven strikeouts and then finally at Augusta Tyler Collins six for 16 with a double and two stolen bases Justin Giannis six for 22 with a double and a triple Bryson Worrell six for 19 a home run five walks and four strikeouts and then on the mound Jorge Bautista six innings three hits no walks no earned and four strikeouts so that's your minors Monday review there we're now a little over halfway through the minor league season as well so maybe next Monday I'll, maybe I'll do a halfway point for the minor league season, probably should have done that today, but didn't think about it before I started recording. So I'll make a note to do that next week. We'll kind of do a halfway point and kind of readjust, readjust the Braves rankings and maybe get out some half season awards uh, or halfway awards uh, for the minor league level as well. All right, next we'll turn our attention to the all-star game where the Braves are going to be highly represented. And I'll set you up for this coming up weekend series or this coming up week series against the Guardians. We'll talk about that here next. Braves set a franchise record as they are sending eight players to the All-Star game. Sean Murphy, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, Orlando Arcia, Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., Bryce Elder, and Spencer Strider, the entire Braves infield, is headed out to Seattle for the All-Star All-Star game. Well, the one I enjoyed the most is Bryce Elder. Uh, again, we talked about this on the postcast, me and Grant McCauley. If you haven't checked that out, you're not aware of it, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta, where you get the postcast after almost just about every game. 
But I talked about it there. I love Bryce Elder getting this nod. I mean, what he's done in the first half, I don't know what the future is for Bryce Elder. I've told you here lately, while I think there probably was some regression coming, I don't think he's going to be a two ERA pitcher for the rest of the season and definitely not his career. But I've been really impressed what I've seen from him over the last couple of starts or several starts now. I mean, the guy just knows how to pitch. He knows how to get out his stuff is always moving and he's getting weak contact. He's able to control it within the zone. Uh, it's just really great to watch him pitch and get it done in kind of a different way than the other pitcher that's going with him and Spencer Strider. But just really happy for Bryce Elder. I said all that to say, I don't know if he'll get this opportunity again. It's definitely deserving. And I'm just really you know happy for him. And it's so great with the first half he's had because the Braves have needed it. With all the injuries in the starting rotation, he has stepped up in a big way. Didn't even make the rotation to start the year. Rays went with Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd over him. And again, I said it at that time, it's not because of anything Bryce Selder did. I think he earned it. Again, if you go at the, the last or the first podcast of last offseason where I projected the opening day roster, I put Bryce Selder on there because I thought he was the safest bet. And he really made strides at the end of last year. It did come mostly against the Marlins and Nationals, but I just always kind of liked his stuff with all the movement on there. Now, I thought he'd be more of a fourth or fifth starter, but he's pitching more like a one or a two. He's pitching like an all-star, and that's what he is, and I'm just so excited for him, and I hope this run continues for him because it's just – it's great. And, you know, I love what Spencer Strider does, but it's great to see somebody get it done in a little bit different way with deception and movement and control. I uh, really love to see what Bryce Elder has done this year. And he stepped up again, like I said, much needed way with the Braves rotation being banged up. All right, the Braves go to Cleveland. They'll start a series with the Guardians on Monday night. Tell you about the Guardians a little bit. It's mostly pitching, not a lot of offense, 26th in OPS and all of baseball, 22nd in on-base percentage. That's boosted by them being 16th in average in all of baseball, 29th in strikeouts. They don't strike out a lot. They also don't home run, hit a lot of home runs. They're last in the league in all of home runs. The Braves have hit 100 more home runs than the Cleveland Guardians. Over 100 more home runs than the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, but they are 6th in ERA. They're 11th in whip, so they're a top 10 pitching staff. Just 28th in K for 9. It's a bit surprising to see that. Uh, don't really get it done striking out a lot of batters, more so just by not walking a lot. They're 10th in walk per 9, and they – they are 10th in average again, so just don't give up a lot of hits, and they don't give up a lot of home runs, third fewest home runs allowed. So we'll see how that plays out going up against the offense who leads all of baseball in home runs and going up against the pitching staff that doesn't give up a lot of home runs. That'll be really interesting to watch in this series. I feel like the, the Guardians are kind of similar to the Nationals in a way, at least offensively, and the fact that they can pick up some hits, just not a lot of extra base hits, not a lot of home runs. They don't strike out a lot. So be interesting here to see how this matchup plays. It'll be Bryce Elder against Gavin Williams on Monday night. Gavin Williams, 23rd overall pick in 2021 out of East Carolina. Really great prospect. Guardians do a great job getting these college pitchers and develop, developing them into absolute studs, which that is Gavin Williams. A 2.30 ERA and 0.98 whip in 12 minor league starts this year between AA and AAA. Nine of those starts coming at AAA. He has 81 strikeouts in 60 and a third innings at the minor league level this year. First 
Two big two starts in the big leagues. First start came against Oakland. Five and two thirds, four hits, three walks, four earned runs. Gave up a home run and just four strikeouts. Second start came against Kansas City. Seven innings, one hit, one walk, one hit batter, no earned runs, and six strikeouts. So be a little bit different offense that he'll face this time around after facing Oakland and Kansas City's offenses. But he is a really good pitcher. Uh, but this Braves offense right now, when they're on like the way they have been, uh, it doesn't really matter who they're going up against. But it's a big fastball for Gavin Williams. Averages 95.6 miles per hour. Really good slider as well. That gets a lot of swings and misses. Will also throw a curve and a changeup. As for Bryce Elder, he's given up the seventh fewest home runs this year among qualified starting pitchers. I already mentioned the Guardians don't hit a lot of home runs, so this feels like it should be. A really good matchup for Bryce Elder. Of course, anytime something seems like a great matchup in baseball, that's typically when it goes the other way. But you got a pitcher in Bryce Elder that doesn't give up a lot of home runs, gets a lot of weak contact. If the balls are, are finding gloves in play, uh, then I think this has the opportunity for Bryce Elder to really go deep into this game and have a lot of success against this Guardians lineup. But we'll see how it plays out on Monday night and see if the Braves can keep their winning streak going. The Braves and the Guardians again will play on Monday night at 7.10 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be Bryce Selder versus Gavin Williams. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. If you're an everydayer, let me know down in the comments section below. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure you follow me at ShortstopBall. Please, if you would, uh, leave a review, hit a like, all that good stuff on the Lockdown Braves podcast. And again, that will do it for this episode, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.